Eternal Health, episode number 12. Listening to the Eternal Health Podcast, where we discuss God's great design for your life in body, mind, and spirit. Your host is Laura Rimmer, who's a plant based nutritionist, author, speaker, and health coach. Looking for yoga tips or the latest protein shake recommendations? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. If you're ready for no-nonsense, multi-layered health expertise, drawing on evidence-based nutrition and biblical principles, welcome to Eternal Health. For show notes and to download your free 5-minute Optimum Health Scorecard, please visit laurarimmer.com. Enjoy the show. Hi there, it's Laura Rimmer here. Welcome to this 12th episode of Eternal Health. It's nice to have you back. Now today, we've got quite a controversial stroke shocking topic for you, so strap in. It's called Mental Health, the Negative Effects of Television on the Brain, Our Children and Society. Now I've got a lot to cover in this episode, so I'm going to be going quite fast, but before I get into it, just a little update on what I've been up to this week. Um, So I have done a lot of singing actually in the past week. I sang at a concert, our Philharmonic Choir concert, we sang Monteverdi's Vespers, which is a, wow, a really tricky, difficult, large choral work in about 10 different parts. And we had the privilege of having some wonderful soloists sing with us. We had seven soloists. Um, One guy called Ben, who's from the pop group G4, he was on X Factor years ago um, in the UK, if you remember that, So, um, and he was phenomenal, he did this um, duet or duo called Duo Seraphim with another um, tenor, he's a tenor, and it just sounded absolutely, oh, it was beautiful. So that was a real privilege, even though my throat, I was a little bit throaty, didn't have the best voice, but who cares? I'd rehearsed lots, I knew the music well, so I just enjoyed it, it was really good. This week I've got a lot of rehearsals for carol concerts in church and things, and then next week I've been asked to sing with the old crooner, Daniel O'Donnell. He's quite famous in the UK, I think he's a bit like kind of Cliff Richard, I think. I know he's popular with the old older ladies. So yeah, he's doing a sellout tour and I've been asked to sing at one of his tour dates as part of a, a choral backing kind of choir. So yeah, a lot of singing at the moment, which is, is really enjoyable. Now, before we start, just to say, last week's episode really ties in well with this week's episode. If you haven't yet listened to episode number 11 of Eternal Health last week, then do go and listen to that at some point after this one because it was all about how to be more productive and more creative. And what you'll find is this isn't your kind of normal boring time management type training. It gives you solid ways to add more hours into your week and be more productive, more creative with your time, with your life. And who knows what you could achieve with more productivity and creativity. Who knows? You know, you could start a podcast like this. You could write a book. You could spend more time with family and friends. Who knows? So do go and listen to episode 11 after this. So why am I tackling a podcast episode on the subject of television, you might ask? Well, here's some statistics about the television. 
In the 1940s, there were a mere few thousand televisions around in the whole world. But now, in our day and age, 99% of homes have an average of 2.2 televisions per home. That's from um, thinkbox.tv. So I'm giving you some stats here before we start. The average amount of hours spent watching television per day in the US is, wait for it, a staggering 5.11 hours per day. The average viewer in the UK, and this was um, a statistical survey in 2015, is 3 hours 51 minutes per day. And I thought to myself, yeah, okay, that, that might be then, but now we're in almost 2018. Surely TV watching has gone down and we watch, well, we can discern what videos we want to choose on things like video on demand and YouTube. So that was my thought. But when I dug into this and looked at, again at the research, no, TV accounts for 76% of all video watching time. So people are still glued to their TVs, even with the advent of video on demand and YouTube and things. YouTube accounts for only 4.4% of video and uh, subscription video on demand. So things like Netflix, Amazon Prime, other demand services, only 4%. So this has grown, but it's still only, both of those equate to less than 10% of our whole viewing time. So TV still dominates. And those are statistics from things like Thinkbox TV and Statista. So you can check those out in the show notes. And the show notes will be at laurarimmer.com forward slash EH012. So with those kind of figures, the fact that 99% of homes have TVs across America and the UK, you've got an average of about four hours TV watching per day, which is staggering. I can't believe that myself. I can't fathom watching TV for that amount of time. But that's the statistics. So this is a major influence on our life, on our society, on our children and The question needs to be asked, how is television affecting us in body, mind, across our society? And what's it doing to our children? So that's the five areas that I'm going to look at today in this podcast. So number one, the effects of television on our body. Number two, the effects of TV on our mind. Number three, the effects of television on our children. Number four, the effects on society and our socialization. And number five, television brainwashing so as I mentioned there's a lot to get through so um, listen up and we'll get into it so number one the negative effects of television watching on our bodies now I'm not going to spend too much time on this because to me this is quite obvious really because think about it we live more sedentary lifestyles than ever before with most people having jobs sat behind a desk in an office sat down a lot of the day and then we compound that problem by going home and sitting in front of the tv we spend a lot of time in our cars driving as opposed to walking and the increasing body of research is showing that the effects of sitting down and having this more sedentary lifestyle are really quite insidious and yeah pervasive in in lots of different areas in our health not least being the obvious one higher levels of obesity so there's lots of studies the main body of studies are linked with children actually um, but I'll cover this here under this section to show that 
when we allow our children to watch lots of TV, it increases vastly their likelihood of getting childhood obesity. So I will link in the show notes to a couple of studies on that. But next to say, and I wouldn't have anticipated this, but there's a study, in fact, there's a number of studies showing the impact of not only sedentary time, but in particular television watching increases the risk of diabetes, so type 2 diabetes. So here's a quote from this study that I'm going to leave a link to in the show notes. And this study was done by Bonnie Rocket Wagner et al. And it was part of the Diabetes Prevention Program Research Group findings. And here's what was found. There was a significantly increased risk of developing type 2 diabetes with increased television watching. And here's the staggering thing. 3.4% increase per hour spent watching television. And that was after controlling for things like age, sex, any medications are on, leisure and physical activity. Other effects it can have on the body. It can rob us of sleep. If we're up on our TVs, on our iPads, screens, any kind of screen, not just the TV. If we're up on those things late at night, it shuts down our melatonin production quite drastically and that's our sleep hormone. So we find it hard to unwind. We find it much harder to go to sleep and get restful sleep. And those hours in the evening of just sat mindlessly in front of a television robs us of the hours we could be spent in bed sleeping, resting, reading. The final thing I want to say about TV effects on the body comes from a study done by Veerman et al. called Television Viewing Time and Reduced Life Expectancy, a Life Table Analysis. And they concluded, here's the conclusions, TV time may be associated with a loss of life that is comparable to other major chronic disease risk factors such as physical inactivity and obesity. And they estimated that for every hour of television you watch, it reduces your life expectancy by almost 22 minutes. So yeah, quite shocking things there to kick off this, um, this to talk about the, the negative impacts of TV. Okay, let's move on to the second area where TV is affecting us, and that's upon our brains and our minds. Now, the TV puts us into an alpha brainwave state. This is well documented, but um, in an experiment in 1969, Herbert Krugman monitored a person through many trials and found that in less than one minute of TV viewing, the person's brainwaves switched from beta waves, and beta waves are those brainwaves associated with active and logical thought, to alpha waves and low level alpha waves and alpha waves are associated with passivity and put us in a very receptive state we'll take things in unfiltered without filtering it through our rational mind our logical mind our discerning mind so basically it puts us into almost the kind of hypnotic state where we just take in what we're being fed through the tv And it's kind of like, you know, what do we do when we come home from work? We switch on the TV. The TV has come to be like a modern day sedative, a modern day anesthetic, hasn't it? Come home from work, switch switch on the TV, zone out, chill out, relax. That's our default mode for relaxing for many people and what we don't realize is we're putting ourselves in this alpha state we're run down from the day coupled with the fact that we're in this alpha state so we're just taking in what the tv feeds us so it's no surprise then that we are being shaped mentally 
spiritually by what the TV is telling us. So what exactly is the TV telling us and what is it influencing us in? Well, the obvious one is money and spending habits because between every television programme we have, for the most part, adverts, don't we? We have TV ads and corporations don't spend money on adverts hoping that they are going to influence your spending they spend trillions of dollars because they know that they will influence you so if you think that you're immune or too smart to be influenced by the power of adverts then i'm sorry to burst your bubble but you're wrong you're wrong you know we are up against it when we're watching the tv and this is down to a honed art and science and in fact years ago i spent times at marketing seminars in London and I've heard this firsthand from people in TV and I've been shown adverts where they are subliminally programming us and they don't even need to do it subliminally you don't have to implant subliminal messages when our brain's already receptive to an obvious message anyway but they went through this guy there went through the tactics that advertisers use and the way they embed uh, they use NLP so neuro-linguistic programming to shape us to get us to to go out and buy the products that they that they advertise so that's the obvious one but there's much more going on than that and we'll talk about brainwashing at the end of this podcast but um what are the other areas well Watching TV impairs your capacity for rational thought because when we're in this alpha state, it bypasses our rational thought. And also, what stuff are they showing us on TV? TV oversimplifies reality. It presents subjects in a matter of minutes and everything is nicely wrapped up in the end. If you look at films, if you look at soap operas, years ago I used to watch a really popular, I won't mention the name, but a really popular TV show in the UK. We watched it as a family for years and actually my dad was always dead set against this TV show but we used to watch it and in these and it was on like three times a week at eight o'clock and invariably every episode there's just anger and arguments and there's regularly so once a month there'll be a murder there'll be drug dealings there'll be this there'll be that it's all really really negative and it oversimplified relationships it it was always just negative and draining and it wasn't reality my dad always used to say why are we watching this this isn't reality this isn't how human relations go on yes there's bad in the world and this was being presented but it was oversimplifying and in a subtle way it was glorifying things like adulterous relationships murder gangs drug dealing it was really glorifying it when we looked at it in essence it was degrading the moral fabric of um of its viewers The other thing is, when we watch things like violent films, horror films, thrillers, anything with a real strong anti-moral message, anything that's fast-paced, frenetic, so a lot of these um, children's cartoons, things like anime films and, and all that kind of stuff, so yeah, a lot of children's TV shows and cartoons, it triggers in our brain a fight or flight response it triggers adrenaline it puts us in this state of fight or flight but because we're just only sat watching a tv show obviously socially it would be very unacceptable for us to get up and respond in anger or by running away or 
anything like that. So we're in this state now where our natural response is fight or flight, but we're suppressing that and we're going back and forth between these two modes. This puts us in a state of anxiety. So we look at different things that were, that are prevalent in mental health these days, anxiety, ADHD, ADD, depression, and is it any wonder these things are so rife when look at what the TV is doing for us? I'm not saying that every, all of those things are related 100% to the TV, but coupled with look at other things we've looked at in these episodes here, diet, the interview I did with Dr. Joel Furman linking fast food consumption with anger and depression and obviously bodily health things. But now you put these two things together, say violent TV shows, cartoons, fast-paced things with a fast food diet and all of a sudden you've got real bodily and mental struggles leading to ill health. And this view is backed up by the Journal of Economic Psychology, which shows that TV viewers report much lower life satisfaction, higher material aspirations and more anxiety. So TV watching, more anxiety and also less satisfaction with life in general. And the last things I'll say about TV's negative effect on our mental health is that it degrades your levels of self-control and discipline because there's such psychological hooks that the TV uses it's very hard to stop watching the TV you know we've all experienced times where we've just sat in front of the TV and it, you know it might be 10 o'clock in the evening and think we really must go to bed soon and then two hours later 12 12 midnight 1 1am we're still up watching the tv it's very hard to loose ourselves from that addictive power that the tv has on us and people who give up tv report these withdrawal symptoms associated with addiction behavior so we lose our self-control and we find that if we watch tv a lot we can't turn it off even though we might want to and if this continues over time our self-control and discipline decrease even further and the battle becomes harder so i would ask you you know if you think the tv is relaxing with all this in mind the, the programming the alpha wave states that it puts you in the fight or flight process that it induces ask yourself is the tv really relaxing yes it's an easy form of escapism isn't it and to a degree when we've had a hard day we sometimes like a bit of escapism and that's human nature and the tv offers that up to us on a silver platter doesn't it but you want to ask yourself is this the best thing that i can be doing to rejuvenate my mind to be renewing my mind to refresh myself and I would say no so what would I say to do instead well if you've listened to other episodes you'll know what I'm going to say I'm going to say renew your mind with God's word the bible the bible talks about let your mind be renewed by the washing of the word um, which is going to refresh you it's going to rejuvenate you and this links me on to point five which I'll talk about in a minute which is the brainwashing that TV does so this is a more sinister aspect of the TV but before we talk about that I'm going to talk about the effect of television on children because we've only been watching TV haven't we really since let's say the 1950s so 70 odd years so less than a century we've been exposing ourselves to this alpha brainwave inducing psychological programming tool which is the tv and in my mind it's almost like this altar that we have in our front rooms you look at in the you know when i read the old testament and i see in the bible 
people bowing down before golden calves and images. And in the Ten Commandments, right, it says, you shall have no gods before me. Don't make for yourself any graven images and worship them. I see the TV in everyone's household, in 99% of households, as a graven image. It's a handcrafted, created thing that we sit in a prominent position in our house, in the biggest, best room of our house often, our living room, and we have it in the most prominent position and we all gather around it as a family and we worship at the altar of TV for, if you're in the USA, five hours a day. If you're in the UK, four hours a day. And it's probably the same, similar all around the world, I would expect, for developed countries anyway. So that is a worship practice. So I defy anyone who says, I'm not religious, who has a TV. That's religion right there for you. So what effect does this newfound 70-year-old religious practice have on our children? Well, I've already mentioned the link with childhood obesity to kick things off, but I'm just going to go through a few other studies which shows some other negative correlations. So the impact of media use on children in youth research paper, which was published in Pediatrics Child Health Journal, says that there is a relationship between watching violent television programming and an increase in violent behavior by children. Also, excessive TV watching contributes to the increased incidence of childhood obesity. We mentioned that. Excessive television watching may have a deleterious effect on learning and academic performance, so negatively impacting academic performance. Watching certain programs may encourage irresponsible sexual behaviour. And TV is an effective way of advertising products to children of various ages. Another study... David L. Hill, chair of the American Academy of Pediatrics Council on Communications and Media, says that TV exposure before age two is strongly correlated with decreased language development. So you're impacting your child's language development if you're allowing them to be exposed to TV before the age of two. So he says, we continue to advise parents not to have the television on or use television and movies routinely to entertain children under the age of two. So that's quite clear, isn't it? And finally, Dimitri Christakis, who is a paediatrician, parent and researcher, who's done a lot of work in the area of paediatrics and media exposure for children, says that there is nothing better than human interactions for children. Babies' activities should be structured around physical interactions, like the engagement with blocks, reading and singing. The technologization of childhood is a new phenomenon. Now, he's got a really good TED talk on the negative effects of TV on children that I will put in the show notes as well for you to watch. Now, moving on, the negative impact of TV on society and socialisation. Well, quite simply, TV, excessive TV watching, is taking us away from the real people all around us. And this is coupled very heavily with social media as well, isn't it? So the amount of time that we're spending on Facebook, scrolling through news feeds, watching TV, is almost like a surrogate relationship, isn't it? It's taking us away from real relationships around us because the characters on TV aren't real. They are thought up in an office somewhere and... In contrast, you're surrounded every day by real people living real lives, people who need you and you need those people as well. And studies show that TV is linked, can be linked with social isolation. 
So we know that there's a lot of health benefits to having interaction with people, the social interaction of being face-to-face, one-to-one, in a group, and we're missing out on that if we're spending too much time in front of the TV. And it is contributing to poor health outcomes. So further, just to link this back to mental health, University of Maryland sociologists looked at more than 30 years of data on the subject of self-evaluated happiness and media use and discovered that self-declared happy people watch on average an hour less TV per day than those who suffer from depression. And in general, the people who are happiest watch TV for less than two hours a day and spend a significant amount of time socialising with family and friends. And this was a study published in Social Indicator Research in 2008. Another study of almost 4,000 people in Scotland found that 66% of adults who watched two or more hours of TV a day were obese and had much higher rates of depression and anxiety. So that backs up what we talked about earlier. And the correlation between depression and TV viewing habits was strong enough that even good exercise habits had no ameliorating effect. So it didn't mitigate the effects of TV watching, even though exercise is normally described as a panacea, isn't it, for most things. And that's from the American Journal of Preventative Medicine, a study done in 2010. Okay, so let's move on to the final point here, point five on how the TV is affecting us negatively. And this is probably the most disturbing point. And actually, this led me um, into a path of really starting to research what was going on in the world years ago. So I'm talking like 15 years ago now. But um, I found this out back in yeah about 2002 and this changed my view on the world and it led me to get rid of my tv i got rid of my tv in 2005 and haven't looked back so what am i talking about well i'm talking about the brainwashing that goes on in the tv so we've all heard haven't we from if you did history at school and things propaganda so we're told remember in nazi germany the the german people were brainwashed with propaganda and you think to yourself wow you know that went on then well it's alive and well and going on right now do you think it's just other countries out there that are engaging in propaganda for government's own agendas sinister agendas no of course it's not it's going on right now so we need to be discerning this and how do i know this well It's no secret that the elites hold the power when it comes to mass media. In fact, every media outlet, whether it's the BBC, ITV, NBC, ABC, Fox News in the UK, America and the wider world is controlled by only a handful, a small handful of corporations. So what that means is that if we think that we're discerning what we're fed through our TV because we saw something on the news but then we also backed it up by looking at something on the BBC and then we read it in a newspaper and then we that's not like four different sources of of information that is the same source and one of the big tactics that's well renowned in media especially in the news corporations is just keep repeating the same old line in different sources so whatever channel you switch on if you hear the same story so like whether it's the war on terror or some latest thing that's going on in the news if they repeat that message enough across enough different platforms people will just take it in and accept it without any discernment so 
have a think to yourself, where are you getting your worldview from? Where are you getting your information about what's going on in the world, whether it's politics, whether it's the army, the navy, whether it's your worldview on religion or spirituality or your work ethic? Where are you getting that from? If you have a TV, that TV is shaping your worldview to a large extent. And I remember back in, it must have been about the year 2000, at university sat in a media and politics class as part of my law degree. And our lecturer very casually just telling us that the media is the number one tool for programming people en masse in our society. And I remember him specifically talking about when it comes to election time, the whole the whole process of setting up two parties or three parties against each other, he said that it was all propaganda and he mentioned the Hegelian dialectic, which is a, you know, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, this is probably a topic for another day, but um, the fact that we have this illusion of choice, if we vote for one party over another, it feels like the power's in our hands, our vote matters, right? That's what we're, we're told. You know, women fought, fought for, the, for the right to vote, so we think, yeah, you know, the power is in the people people's hands and I remember our lecturer saying no that's not the way it works they set up two parties against each other and it's the thesis the antithesis and then the synthesis is somewhere in the middle so whichever party is voted in it's basically the agenda that was already set and the people are happy because they think that they had the choice and the elites are happy because they actually held the power Another thing to mention around this is the fact that there is an esoteric, occult and mystic spirituality agenda in a lot of, particularly in a lot of children's programs. If you think about cartoons such as, I mean, back when I was growing up, like Rainbow Bright, Care Bears, Dungeons and Dragons, thing like, things like that. And in this day and age, things like Pokemon and Harry Potter and, and well, I could go on and on. There is this subtle underlying or in many cases obvious theme of mysticism and we're told things like seek our spirit guides and in past lives and in future lives and reincarnation. So these innocuous children's programs are actually promoting religion, a spirituality, things like Hinduism and this just flies under the radar of parents, of children and all of a sudden you get children growing up so look at the millennial age now, we're in an age where people are postmodernists. they don't believe in a truth anymore, they think that truth is relative, where did that come from? That comes from TV, comes from indoctrination and where people routinely believe without any kind of without ever really thinking about why they believe this, that we have future lives. When we die, we get many more lives. Well, that's that's Hinduism, that's reincarnation. And on the other hand, we've got programs like The Simpsons, which absolutely have an agenda against biblical Christianity. You cannot turn a Simpsons episode on. And I, as I say, I don't have a TV. I go to the gym and every now and then there's a Simpson episode on and I catch bits of it and I might watch it for five minutes at a time. And I play a game with myself. I'm like, right, how long is it going to be before they disparage Jesus, before they bring up Ned Flanders and make him look like a Christian idiot, before they make him look like, you know, some dumb 
undiscerning pushover as a Christian or they want to try and mock Jesus. It's not very long. The same with Family Guy. It's no coincidence that two of my friends, when I told them that I'd become a Christian and I believe that Jesus is returning to this earth uh, on Judgment Day, literally laughed in my face. I'm like, yeah, why? Because they're hardcore Simpsons watchers and they've been indoctrinated and they're the same people that would accuse me probably, you know, maybe they're unaware of this, but they feel that I've been indoctrinated and I've been brainwashed by religion when actually, look, you choose for yourself, but I've spent 15 years researching into all sorts of different religions and spiritualities. I've gone down lots of different paths and I've come out of certain things and I've at least used my discerning mind. I threw my TV away at 13 years ago and I research and I use my legal background my law background to triangulate evidence so I find you know at least three different sources not all from news or or mainstream media different sources of evidence including speaking with real people with real experience in different areas so ex-Hindus and people involved with psychological research and stuff I've spent the time doing that and I've discerned that the truth is Christianity and that Jesus is the way the truth and the life so it's rather ignorant and judgmental which of course Christians are always accused of being to just dismiss that and laugh in someone's face for choosing to be Christian when you've got your information fed straight from a tv do you see what I'm saying Okay, rant over. Right, the last thing I would say in the area of TV and brainwashing is this whole new phenomenon of um, what's called astroturfing. So astroturfing is basically a, a twisting of a grassroots movement. So it's when there's some kind of political, corporate or other special interest group and they disguise themselves and publish like blog posts and comments on news feeds and start Facebook and Twitter accounts and publish ads and letters to the editor of, of newspapers and magazines, um, which try to fool you into thinking that there's an independent or grassroots movement taking place and speaking. And these methods are used to give people the impression that there is some kind of widespread support for an agenda when in reality, the public may not have any true interest at play at all. And astroturf tactics are also used to discredit or criticize people who disagree with certain agendas. And they'll use stereotypical buzzword names, things such as conspiracy theorist or quack or racist or bigot and other, you know, catchy derogatory terms in order to shame that person into conforming to their way of thinking. So couple this with the whole new agenda of fake news and cutting down on fake news and censor, uh, censoring and sanitizing the information that's being put out there on social media. And all of a sudden, we've got this very narrow agenda that's being put out there, a message that we're receiving. And anyone on the peripheral of that or anyone going against the common message of the masses will be ousted as an outsider, as as an extremist. And, you know, you can see where this is going, right? So we need to be so, so careful about how much TV we're watching and keep our discerning mind on and what would be my suggestion then so let's just do a recap on what we've looked at we've looked at the negative effects of tv on our body the fact that it's promoting diabetes obesity 
We've looked at the effects on our mind, the fact that it promotes depression, anxiety, this fight or flight syndrome, this alpha brainwave hypnotic state that the TV puts us under, which allows us to be easily suggestible. Uh, We've looked at the effect of TV on our children, that it affects our children's language development and can really seriously impair that. We've looked at the effects on society and the fact that TV watching can cause social isolation and is not a good replacement for human interaction. Sitting down and watching TV is a surrogate relationship that, that causes isolation and depression. And then finally, we've looked at TV as a brainwashing tool to set an agenda and have us programmed to a groupthink way of thinking that is set by the elites who control the basically everything that comes out on your TV is is set by only a few companies. And we see things at play like astroturfing and and propaganda. So what do we do in the face of this? Well, my suggestion would be quite simply get rid of your TV. I did it 13 years ago and haven't looked back. I have more time. People say to me, how do you have the time to run a business and sing in three different choirs and have these hobbies and go running and run ultra marathons and have a husband and and what and write books and whatever else? Well, that's because I'm not spending four hours a day watching TV. That's, what's that, 28 hours a week potentially I'm saving. I spend three hours a day reading, researching and feeding my mind with what I choose. And and because I'm mainly reading... I'm not getting this this weird alpha brainwave state. I'm keeping in my rational, discerning, logical mind. And yeah, it's stimulating. It's promoting brain growth and brain stimulation as opposed to decreasing it. And I tell you what, here's what I find now. Whenever I watch TV, if I go around to a friend's house and the TV is on, or as I say, at the gym, if I see a TV program on, it's shocking. It's so, so shocking to me how how utterly evil the TV is. Like that sounds like a strong word, but that's what I see. Having switched off my TV, my mind has been reset and I you just see the degradation and the moral filth, <laughs> to be quite honest, that's on TV. And, and I don't know, that would be my suggestion to turn it off. If that's too strong for you, cut down, take, and I speak to my clients about this. My clients, when they work with me over an eight week period, one of the weeks is doing a a media fast. So in particular news, switch off the news. And if you think to yourself, well, I need to keep up with what's going on in the world. Let me tell you, the news isn't what's going on in the world. It's it's what they're trying to tell you is going on in the world. It's what they want you to believe, but it's not the actual reality. Where do we get reality about what's going on in the world? Well, through relationships, through being with different people, through looking at what charities are doing, from reading the Bible, from getting out there and from doing our own proactive research into things and studies and and traveling and and experiences not by sitting mindlessly being fed an agenda from a few news corporations who want to shape you into a into a belief for their purposes so here's a challenge for you why not switch off your TV for seven days, just one week, see how it goes, see how it affects you, see how more relaxed and calm you are, see how when you switch back on that TV, if you ever do, just how, whoa, this is shocking, you feel about it, I challenge you, why not do that? And if you do that, let me know in the show notes, so 
uh, go to laurarimmer.com forward slash eh012 which is the show notes for this episode and leave me a comment let me know how you get on and let me know any other comments or questions you have about this i'm aware it's a controversial topic i'm aware that um yeah it might push your buttons but i would say um in that seven day challenge pick up a copy of the new testament bible so the new testament and read through matthew's gospel if you've never read the bible before or if you've never read a gospel i challenge you to read that because i in my ignorance i used to do loads of research but i never actually picked up a bible and read it in any you know in any meaningful way until a few years ago and when i did I read Matthew, Matthew's gospel and I was like, whoa, this is, this is true. This is truth right here. And if in your mind right now hearing this, you're thinking, whatever. Yeah. Okay. The Bible's just stories. That's ridiculous. Then I would suggest that that is a symptom of the brainwashing that you've received from the TV, you know, not to be offensive, but um, yeah, what have you got to lose? Pick up a Bible, read through Matthew's gospel, you'll get through it in a few days and just see the difference. See how it presses against your current worldview. If you're already a Christian, why not do this anyway? Like spend the time that you would be spending watching TV in God's word and see how, see how much more delighted and fulfilled you are in the Lord and in having that relationship with Jesus so that would be my challenge to leave you with now I'm gonna finish with two psalms from the bible psalm 1 and psalm 2 so blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers but his delight is in the law of the lord and on his law he meditates day and night he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither in all that he does he prospers the wicked are not so but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. That's Psalm 1. Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs and the Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord has said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, O kings... Be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Thank you for listening to this episode of Eternal Health. I hope that you've got some value from it and I'll look forward to speaking to you again next week on another episode of Eternal Health. Bye for now. 
Thanks for listening to the Eternal Health Podcast. Go to lauraremmer.com to download your free Optimum Health Scorecard and find out your current health score, plus tips, coaching, and training on how to get slim, healed, and energized. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, and we'll catch you next time on Eternal Health.